Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your friday night smackdown post show for january 13th 2023 i'm your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your friday evenings wherever you may be man no clickbait needed at all in anything that i do man you know i think i may put that quote up on the wall behind the bar when we open up my mother's basement. I think that's going to fit very well, man, because you think I clickbait, but I'm going to throw it right back at you, man. We're going to fucking have some fun with that one. I'm not here to clickbait. I'm not here to talk about other fucking irrelevant geeks in the community. I'm here to talk about SmackDown. And I thought SmackDown was a decent show tonight. Uh, I didn't really feel the vibe. You know, I don't know. I don't know how you guys are feeling, man. I don't know how you guys are feeling. I, I'm going to be brutally upfront, honest with you. I, I feel like my passion for WWE, it's not at Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard levels just yet. It's not like it was last year when Vince was fucking destroying the show. But I, I feel like my passion for the product, my excitement for the product is kind of disappearing. And I don't know how you guys feel about that. With all the rumors and the sale news and Vince McMahon rumors going around the community, I I don't really feel content. I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel like I should when Triple H first took over and we were on the verge of a new day, no pun intended, I think everybody got excited. And now we are on the verge, potentially, of Vince McMahon taking complete control of the company. You know, these rumors are running around, and nobody knows if they're legit. Nobody knows if they're true or not. But it is not difficult to figure out what we did on this podcast for years and years and years was to get you guys prepped for what we know about Vince McMahon and what he does and what he did and all that he did to Triple H and all this shit, killing NXT and how he operates the main roster and how he does this wrong and that wrong and this don't make sense and that don't make sense. The ego that he is, you guys should understand that everything you're reading, everything that you're digesting from these dirt sheets and these paywalls, they're not going to give it to you upfront and honest. They're going to cover it, they're going to toe the line, and they're not going to really let their true feelings out. They will get the news out there, and then they'll just sit around and really add nothing of value to the discussion. If there are rumors about Vince McMahon taking over the show... If there are rumors about Vince McMahon running creative, 
then I do believe that there is smoke to that fire, just like how I believe that the reason why Stephanie McMahon and everything that she's given to this company just got up and walked away because of what they did with the Saudi Arabia rumor and the possible discussions with Saudi Arabia, I I do think that Stephanie McMahon walked away for a multitude of reasons, that being probably one of the biggest reasons. I said it then, I'll, I'll say it now. Stephanie does not want the company sold, let alone to Saudi Arabia. And everything that's going on with Vince McMahon, the reason why he has, you know, changed bylaws and put himself in a position where the board is completely on his side is because he wants direct power to WWE again. And through the negotiations of TV rights deals and the sale of the company, he's going to position himself in that way where he does the negotiating. Nothing can go and get done without him, and he wants all of that potential control back. And he's going to try and find that in the negotiation tactics because, like I said, he is going to be the one administering and facilitating all these new deals. There was a rumor. There was a rumor that Vince McMahon is going to start running creative again. There was a talent meeting today, right before SmackDown, and we're going to start off with this news because this is some pretty hilarious stuff. This is some really interesting stuff. I got the details from this talent meeting. This is coming from Fightful. Triple H held the talent meeting at SmackDown tonight before the show, and it was merely done to help calm the nerves of everybody worrying about Vince McMahon. And if you are not worried, you should be. I said this on Sunday. I will say this again on Sunday this week. When we go live for episode 459, if you are not worried, if you are a fan and not worried, if you are a fucking pro wrestler in that locker room and not worried, start worrying. I don't understand why people are looking at this and saying, calm down, it's not that serious, blah, blah, blah. Do you know who you are reading about? I don't understand. We said this when we were live on the fucking show with Jesse. When we covered Stephanie McMahon take, uh, t- taking a step back or walking away, quitting WWE, Stephanie quits the company. She's no longer a part of the board of directors. Name me one thing that is a positive with Vince McMahon returning. Nothing. Nothing. There's not one single fucking thing that you could tell me with a look directly into my eyes that Vince McMahon does that is a positive for this company. Talent meeting held held to calm nerves with the WWE talent. Since Vince McMahon forced himself back into the company, there have been numerous talent concerned about their creative futures. No shit. No shit. Triple H said that he's been assured that Vince McMahon's return is to see if the company should sell and help lead the charge and figure out who they might sell the company to if they end up selling the company. He made an attempt to squash the story of a sale being a done deal and said even if it happened, it would take a lot longer. Going to stop right there. Going to stop right there. Triple H said this to the talent today during this meeting, right before SmackDown. I want you guys to rewind to last Friday when Stephanie McMahon, Nick Khan, and Frank Riddick III held a meeting, not with talent, but a meeting with WWE employees 
And Stephanie McMahon herself said nothing will change with this management team now that Vince McMahon is setting himself to take over the board of directors. Then we get to Tuesday and Stephanie McMahon quits the company. So if you're asking me to look at this and say, yeah, well, Triple H is probably telling the truth. We don't really know what Triple H knows. We don't know how Triple H is feeling. We don't know the inner workings of what's going on. Triple H was probably given this task today to go help calm the roster because there is a legit sense of dread that is not going to go away. There is a dread known as Vince McMahon that has done dastardly things. I don't understand why you are reading something like this and then believing the fucking person who put this report out. You don't have enough of a back catalog to go off of on what Vince McMahon has done. This is Vince McMahon we're talking about. This is Satan himself. This is the same man that fucking absolutely destroyed the best thing about his company in the last 30 years, which was NXT. This is a man that blackballed his own son-in-law because he did not get the job done and kill AEW with his precious NXT. You didn't do it. Now I have to come in and show you how to do your job. Triple H was set up to fail. This man blackballed his own fucking family. The father of his grandchildren. And you mean to tell me that this guy is not ready to fucking go and do something even more dastardly? I don't understand why you people believe all the shit that you read online. In no sense of anything that I read is anybody giving a true fucking opinion about what's going on. I don't understand it. Stephanie gave a fucking meeting and then three days later she fucking quit. Basically lying to everybody. Why did she quit? Did she get a better job? She just got up and walked away from the fucking company she's worked at for the last 40 years. You fucking kidding me? Something must be going on. It's not just a sale to the Saudi Arabians. She didn't want to work with her father. She knew exactly what was going on and what he is planning to do. Triple H was given this role back in the summer. Everybody was over the moon thrilled. I was thrilled. This is what I wanted. This is what I have been dreaming of as a fan of this product with what he did with NXT, him doing that same thing and adopting those same mentalities on the main roster. I mean, it's picture perfect. And then we get to this year and everything that we have saw as far as change is now becoming undone. It's not really there yet, but it's going to be. Vince McMahon's going to undo everything. What calmed many talents' concerns was Triple H stating that none of what is going on with Vince McMahon will change the creative process he has in place or the team that helps puts it together. I mean, I don't know why anybody would believe that. So what the report is trying to tell you or what Triple H is trying to tell you here via the meeting that he held with the talent He is basically telling everybody nothing will change and giving them a false sense of security. You know, this is not genuine. 
and I'm not making this a, a, a remark or a disrespectful snide to Triple H, but this is Vince McMahon we're talking about. He's actually, Triple H is assuming the role of leader here and going in there telling everybody that it's going to be this way and you're going to be all right, knowing full and well that even Paul Levesque doesn't know what could change at the drop of a dime. He's had it done to himself personally. So why would he go in there and try and calm the nerves of everybody? And is it really going to work if he takes this stance? I don't think so. I think he's full of shit, to be quite honest with you, because his wife quits five days ago, or seven days ago, rather, Friday. Or, well, no, she quit Tuesday. I'm sorry, she held a meeting five, seven days ago, and then she quit on Tuesday. Nothing was going to change, though, I thought. I'm sorry. If you need any fucking reason that something is wrong, there you go. Your wife just got up and quit. And it's not because she wants to take care of the fucking family either and take time off. So, he says nothing will change. Triple H did keep it open and say that anything could change. But right now, Vince McMahon defers final creative to him. So, Vince McMahon defers final creative to Triple H. Take that with a grain of salt. Triple H then, in the same sentence, in the same breath, said that while Vince is back and trying to foster a sale of the company, Triple H also said that while he and Vince McMahon may have discussions, he makes the final call. WWE was adamant in an official sense to us this week that Triple H was still running creative. Triple H also thanked the talent for all that they do, and he understood that there would be some concern. Then there was an update, and this is a really, really bizarre update, and this, out out of everything, out of everything we've read so far, something like this, and I hope to God this is fucking true. Kevin Dunn, reportedly spoke at this talent meeting tonight. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Kevin Dunn, that Kevin Dunn, spoke at the meeting. He said that he had worked for Vince McMahon for 40 years, and since coming back, Vince hasn't said a peep to him about making changes. We heard here at Fightful that Vince had made suggestions regarding other departments but that wasn't implemented. Changes that Vince had wanted, suggestions that he wanted changed because Triple H is in charge. None of that has been implemented. Dunn largely reiterated that with what Triple H said, it was said by many that this was a calm down meeting and he basically doubled down on what Triple H had to say. Now that is a, that out of everything is a beacon of possible hope. Because if Kevin Dunn, and I don't know if he's being genuine or not, these are habitual liars. I don't know why anybody would genuinely believe these fucking people. Now Kevin Dunn is all, now Kevin Dunn is all of a sudden for the talent, right? This is the same guy that didn't want Becky Lynch on TV because he did not like her accent and didn't think she had sex appeal. That Kevin Dunn. Now, I would like to hope that this is true, but again, I ask, why would you believe Anybody that was or now is still 
in Vince McMahon's camp. You can't. You cannot believe anybody that Vince McMahon has worked with like this. According to an update on Fightful, Vince McMahon is rumored to already be sending messages to different departments in WWE to inform them that they're not doing things correctly. Let me reiterate that. He's already sending messages to different departments in WWE to inform them that they're not doing things correctly. Oh, I'm sorry, but I just thought Triple H told everybody that Vince McMahon is, ba- is, is basically there to administer and work on a sale of the company. But here he is making suggestions to other fucking departments about what they're doing wrong. That doesn't sound like somebody that is just there to sell the company. Sounds like Vince McMahon is getting a little greedy with what he really should be doing, which is selling the company. And working on deals to sell TV rights. But he's here sending messages to different departments. What departments are they? One could only speculate. But if you don't think that he's sending suggestions to creative, you're a blithering fucking idiot. I just got done reading you a report from Fightful that said Triple H told the talent that Vince McMahon was there to merely sell the company and that the creative process is going to remain the same with him and his team in charge. But here we have Fightful telling us that Vince is now sending messages to different departments. Which is it? Which is it? I think that the sending of the messages is really what's going on and that is what is going to lead to Pandora's box being open here. That is what people are going to merely overlook. So it was also noted that there is a huge difference between Triple H and Vince McMahon's leadership and their styles. So Vince McMahon is already sending messages to different departments to inform them that they're not doing things correctly. Let me tell you guys something. What exactly is not being done correctly in WWE? What exactly is Vince McMahon unhappy about with what Triple H is doing? I want you guys to understand this. It's not that Vince McMahon thinks that they're not doing things correctly. This means that Vince McMahon wants things changed because they're not being done the Vince McMahon way. There is not a single fucking soul in that company that will tell me otherwise. Things are being done correctly they are on the verge of being done correctly with more change hopefully to come Vince McMahon thinks that they're not being done correctly because they're not being done the Vince McMahon way and you mean to tell me that nobody should be worried because you read from Fightful that Triple H held a meeting and everything is going to be calm and smooth over All the talent is now going to be calmed down. Meanwhile, he's sending messages to different departments to tell them that they're not doing shit correctly when they are. And the only reason why he wants them changed is because it's not his way. Power. This is a complete up and down report. A complete up and down report. None of it. None of it makes sense. The roster morale and reception to Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan as compared to Vince McMahon, has been night and day. Even Triple H's guidance has led to talent and staff telling us that work is more fun for them, and while we heard rumors that Vince McMahon has already sent word to some departments, 
to say they're doing things the wrong way since his return. Also, we can't have fun showing up to work now. Vince McMahon doesn't want to have fun when he shows up to work. Great. I'd love to know what is not being done correctly. What is not being done correctly? Meanwhile, roster morale is up. Creative has been better. Hasn't been perfect. There have been some stinkers on this show. Believe me, I haven't been fucking, you know, hiding my feelings on any of that shit. You know, things are being done correctly. Creative largely is better. There's nobody out there that's going to tell me that Triple H is not doing a better job than Vince McMahon. There's no fucking human being alive that can look me in the face and tell me what Vince McMahon did is better than what Triple H is doing. It was fucking terrible. It was terrible. Everything that Vince did was terrible. He didn't know what the fuck he was doing from a week-to-week basis. So what isn't being done correctly? It was noted which... It was not noted which departments are receiving these messages. (laughs) Creative. (coughs) Creative. (coughs) Sorry, I got allergies. Uh, Since he is chairman of the board of directors again, Mr. McMahon's word has a considerable amount of weight to it. I don't don't really... I I don't know what to tell you. I I don't know what to tell you. You know, I've been saying this. I've been saying this, and you know, people, people, you know, you you may not like me. There may be people that don't like me. There may be people that don't like my approach, but man, I I talk a lot of sense. I bring a lot of good to the community and the talking points that I raise on this show. I bring a lot of that to the community. You know, people have not been afraid to reach into my DMs and tell me exactly what is going on, you know, and if you told me, There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you told me that you believed that Vince McMahon has been running the show, I don't want to say that it's been since he's walked away. You know, let's pick it up maybe after, uh, I would say, extreme rules, right? Going into war games, going into December, where there was nothing going on, going into January. If you told me that you felt Vince McMahon was booking the show, I would not argue with you. I really would not argue with you. Monday Night Raw has been terrible. Monday Night Raw has felt like a Vince McMahon show. The Monday, I want you guys to think about this. I want you to think about this. And this is, this is what really stood out to me. When Triple H was in the beginning stages of really getting the title of creative and chief content officer, and he was really getting his feet wet and his hands dirty with the creative, it was right after SummerSlam, right? And then going into Clash of the Castle, that was his first full-fledged, you know, fresh 
pay-per-view. And then after that, we went into the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, which was the most successful Extreme Rules pay-per-view that the company's ever done. I want you guys to get the vibe in your head. I want you to think back to Monday Night Raw. When, when Triple H was booking Monday Night Raw in the early stages of this chief content officer, head of creative role, we were getting five matches on Monday Night Raw that were nearing 15 to 20 minutes. And he was booking the three-hour show with storylines and backstage segments. And he was letting the wrestlers go out there and do what they do best, and that is wrestle. The Monday Night Raw three-hour fucking drag was being held up by great wrestling. And then all of a sudden, that went away. We haven't really seen that format. Think back to it. You, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The format of Monday Night Raw was five matches or so, or so, 20 minutes. You know, we were seeing Bianca and EO go out there for 20. We were seeing Matt Riddle and whomever go out there for 20. I mean, we were getting great, great wrestling on Monday night. And then all of a sudden, we went right back to the old formula where we got three-minute matches here, four-minute matches there, six-minute matches there. Sometimes the women go in there and get two minutes. We're getting like seven, eight matches. We're getting gauntlet matches. A fucking gauntlet tag team match was booked on Monday Night Raw. And you know what I say about gauntlet matches. They are only done to eat up a huge chunk of time because the WWE creative staff doesn't want to be bothered to write a fucking show. Triple H doesn't need to do a gauntlet match to book a three-hour Monday Night Raw. That was already very well documented. You know who does book a gauntlet match for three-hour Monday Night Raw? Vince McMahon does. And if you tell me that Vince McMahon is running Monday Night Raw, or at least some part of it, or some part of WWE, I would not bat a fucking eyelash. Not bat an eyelash. There are some people that have reached out to me. These are not confirmed by any which way at all. Some people that have reached out to me that have said, these are unofficial sources, people within the know, that tell me that Vince is back. I believe every fucking word. I believe every word. Do you honestly think, do you honestly think that it is without reason that this man, you know, I'm going to stay away. Vince is going to say, yeah, I'm going to stay away. With reason, you know, that is being talked about by the board of directors and this and that, I'm going to stay away. It's best for business. Or I'm going to let my son-in-law run it. No. No. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? I don't understand why anybody doesn't believe this man and what he's fully capable of. This was all a strategic job to get the fucking company back in his grasp and then undo everything that has been done since he's been out. If Vince McMahon was to be announced once again as head of creative, I don't know what problems it would cause legally. That's not my realm. But there would be roster upheaval. There would be mass exodus. There would be a drop in the stock. So Vince McMahon, you know, there's a reason. There's a reason why Kevin Dunn, and this is why I just told you, you know, you can't trust these people. Kevin Dunn just said in this report, that he spoke to the talent, and Vince hasn't said a peep to him about making changes. Do you want to know why? Because if Vince McMahon is going to run anything, it's going to be run in the shadows. Vince McMahon is going to run things secretly from a very dark place. 
Vince McMahon's going to run things, and he's going to be non-existent, man. You're going you're gonna to think Vince is there, and you're going to know Vince is there, but you're not going to see him. You're not going to see him. If Vince is going to run anything, he's going to do it in secret. If Vince is going to do something, he's going to do it behind people's backs. You don't think this man is capable of doing that? You don't think this man would do something like that? He would go as far to not tell his number one trusted soldier in Kevin Dunn what is going on. It would be demoralizing to the locker room. It would be a roster upheaval. It would be terrible for the fucking stock. Nobody wants Vince McMahon there. He knows it. The only one that wants Vince back is Vince and Kevin Dunn and Bruce Pritchard. Might as well bring John Laurinaitis back while you're at it. He's going to do things in secret. There's so much bad that would go wrong with a public announcement of removing Triple H and then putting himself back in charge. The stock for a sale would fucking plummet because nobody wants him there. So again, if Vince is running the ship, he's going to do so secretly. This is why I really believe, and I'm on the side of reason here, I wish Triple H would just run the fucking shit legitimately with nothing to worry about. I love how they fucking care about his well-being. All this fucking added stress that he's probably under after what he went through, right? Going right back at it. He thought things were in the clear. I don't understand it. So we have Triple H saying he's running creative. I don't think that he's running creative. I don't. I don't. He may be the figurehead for creative, but Vince is the one pulling those strings and operating Triple H to do what he wants. This is a sad day. This is a sad, sad day. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. SmackDown, on the other hand, wasn't really all that great of a show. I felt very bored at some points with SmackDown. SmackDown started off with Gunther and Braun Strowman for the Intercontinental Championship. That would have been a very telling reason to say Vince McMahon was running creative again. If Braun Strowman actually ended up beating Gunther, then it was absolutely 100% confirmed of who was running creative. Because there was no reason why anybody would take the title off of Gunther uh, on the role that he's in right now. Or on the hot streak that he's going on right now. Decent little match. We'll talk about that in the open. We'll talk about the main event with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and the storyline that is developing there. We got some great uh, body expressions and facial expressions from Sami Zayn. Some good shit going on there, man. They kind of flipped the script on what we thought was going to happen, and I really appreciate that because it was a very unpredictable one. We're going to get into all that. And the Usos are looking for opponents on SmackDown for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Adam Pearce is now in the process of having the Usos defend the Raw Tag Team titles and the SmackDown Tag Team titles separately. I am not a fan of any of this at all. So we'll talk about all that right here on OTS. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. I'm going to need you guys to hit that thumbs up. We got 2,600 people in here live. And I see only 580 likes. Hit that thumbs up. We're looking for 1,000 likes minimum on tonight's show. Follow me on social media. That's JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. 
Make sure you guys go and check out all the other videos on the channel. YouTube shorts are up there, which we are now able to monetize and earn ad revenue for. All those other live streams that you missed this week, Monday Night Raw, AEW Dynamite. We did the Stephanie McMahon live stream with 4,200 people in here. Awesome. Go check all that stuff out on the homepage. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show with our cold beverages. And please make sure you guys hit that join button. We got five new members tonight already. I love to make it double digits tonight, bro. Ace Samurai. Steven Brewer. Jonah Imperato. And we got Twevin. Along with gaming in real time, all becoming new members tonight on OTS. Thank you guys very much for all the support. If you become a channel member, man, you guys get access to the VIP only live streams on Sunday. Badges and emotes. Unbelievable stuff, man. So hit that join button, become a VIP. Also sponsored tonight by Manscaped. My friends over at Manscaped want to help you ring in the new year and make you look and feel your best. Manscaped.com with their new premium performance package, platinum package. They got everything for all your hygiene needs, man. Manscaped.com, code SCRIPT20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Russ Constantine, JD, my sister has a crush on you. How you doing, honey? How you doing, honey? Thank you, Russ. And no, I'm not reviewing Rampage. Why would I review Rampage? Oh, because I watched Rampage. I got to review fucking Rampage? I didn't like Rampage. I don't know what to tell you, man. I didn't know. I don't know what to tell you. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I just, I don't like the rush, rush feel of the show. I don't. Nothing's really changed over there, man. The quality of talent... The quality of the talent that's being used over there is better, but, I mean, I don't care. I don't care. SmackDown it is. Moving on. Let's start at the top with SmackDown. We got Gunther versus Braun Strowman for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Now, I said this before. If Braun Strowman won the IC title, there'd be a fucking problem. There would be a major problem. And I think you would, you would get the confirmation about who is really running creative. I mean, just go back and look at what Charlotte Flair did two weeks ago when she won the SmackDown Women's Championship the way that she did from Ronda Rousey. I, I don't believe that with a snowball's chance in fucking hell that Triple H booked that goddamn segment. Now that we know what is going on within WWE and in the inner workings of WWE, I don't believe for a fucking second that Triple H booked that fucking shit at all. That was a Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon apparently is giving suggestions to different departments. I wonder if that was a suggestion by Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Gunther versus Braun Strowman for the IC title. I figured they would do this at the Royal Rumble, but we got this on SmackDown tonight. And I got to admit, man, I thought this match was going to be better than it was, but it wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible. It was actually pretty decent. 
I would say that this, along with the Otis match in his first couple of weeks back when Braun Strowman made his return to WWE, those were the two matches that really stand out to me. The Otis match and then this match. I would say that this is probably the best Braun Strowman match that he's had in a very long time, not named Roman Reigns. But there was no way that anybody thought Strowman was winning this match or thought Strowman winning was the right creative decision here. Decent match, probably Strowman's best. And it just shows you that Gunther can legitimately work with anybody. I mean, you could put anybody in there and Gunther is going to bring them to a fucking decent match, man. That's how good Gunther is. And you don't, you don't take the title off of somebody that is that good right now because he's doing everything he can for the, the opponents that he has in the ring. And he's doing everything to make that title, again, prestigious. Every time Roman Reigns is not there, this is the man. Every time Roman Reigns is not on TV with a WWE title, this is the guy. And I said this once, I'm going to say it again. Everybody thinks Roman Reigns is the best guy in the industry, top guy in the industry, and he is. But if you're asking me who the best champion is in WWE, my vote goes to Gunther. This man is the face of SmackDown when Roman Reigns is not there. Decent match here between these two. Hard hitting. And the arm was the selling point for Braun Strowman here. They beat each other up. They had hard shops, back and forth clotheslines, big power moves, power bombs, power slams. And then the arm injury. That Imperium took care of two weeks ago. So Gunther rolled out of the ring at the start of the match to kind of get himself some heat. Strowman was over big time in Green Bay. So he tried to avoid Strowman, and he was playing the role of, you know, I'm going to toy with this guy. I, I, I don't want to believe that Gunther is scared of Braun Strowman, but he was playing his role in this match as the heel. So Michael Cole pointed out that Strowman was wearing custom Green Bay Packer boots to honor Jackson Sparks, an eight-year-old boy killed um, in a Christmas parade attack back in November 2021. That's some cool shit right there. The boots actually go up for auction to benefit a foundation to raise money for victims of that specific Christmas parade attack. So Gunther rolled out of the ring, gaining some heel heat, and Gunther tried to attack the injured arm quickly, but Strowman easily threw him over the top rope. They're pretty much getting you ready and teasing you little by little for the Royal Rumble. Strowman rocked Gunther at ringside with a shoulder tackle right over the commentary table. We go to commercial break. Gunther took over by targeting Strowman's injured arm. Strowman fought back, or at least tried to. Gunther went back to the arm. Gunther slowed the pace down. He was working the arm, submission holds, attacking the arm. He then rocked Strowman with a vicious knife-edge shot. Crowd was trying to get Strowman back into it. Strowman was fighting back. He absorbed those Gunther chops. Nearly took Gunther's head off with a clothesline. Followed with a back body drop that landed Gunther right on his hip. Gunther distracted the referee. All of a sudden, Imperium behind the referee's back attacked Strowman and the injured arm. He tried to fight them off, but Gunther took advantage. Strowman recovered. He hit Gunther with a power slam for a very close near fall. Gunther continued to Work over Strowman's arm. Strowman and Gunther traded chops back and forth. Strowman counters with a spine buster for another two count. So Gunther at this point, he was in position to eat a monster bomb from Braun Strowman. Strowman was going to try and get Gunther up with the injured arm in his power bomb. He then rocked Strowman with another clothesline. Gunther hit a top rope splash for another near fall. 
Gunther and Strowman fought on the top rope. Gunther attacked Strowman with a chop. He slipped out and hit a, what was, a sloppy-looking powerbomb. Uh, but it was enough to get the win, and Gunther retains the Intercontinental Championship over Braun Strowman. Now, I don't know if they're going to run this back. I don't think there really is uh, any reason to run it back. I don't think Imperium really played a role in the match to a point where Strowman could cry that he lost because of Imperium. It was very minimal, but Strowman, he went in there, had a decent match with Gunther. Gunther put him over. Gunther worked with the big man, which is a very difficult thing to do because we know how Strowman is. Stupid, you know, we know how Strowman is. But um, he worked pretty decently. He worked pretty decently. So um, Gunther retains, right call. And I don't really know where you go with Braun Strowman after this. I, it's going to be a very difficult task to figure out where they go with Braun Strowman because he's he's basically run through everybody on SmackDown. This was it. He's not doing anything bloodline related. He's not going to do anything now I see title related. I think that is really being reserved for Sheamus at WrestleMania. I would like to hope so. I think that's the right way to go about it. Sheamus winning the title that he's ever won in WWE being the one to beat Gunther at WrestleMania. That's the story that I'm interested in. But where do we go with Braun Strowman? And Gunther, man, what a fucking run he's on. Triple H, if this is this is definitely the work of Triple H, because I know Vince McMahon wouldn't be doing this with the IC title. Triple H has made Gunther into a legit fucking superstar on the main roster. And look at that. Look at how easy it was. Send him out there. Put Imperium back together, give him the IC title, and have him go in there and do what he does on argument better than anybody in pro wrestling, and that is fucking wrestle. It's amazing how simple things could be when you don't overcomplicate them. Gunther is awesome. Sami Zayn, he was walking backstage, and he walked up to the Bloodlines locker room. Roman Reigns was not there this evening. Or at least if he was there, he wasn't on TV. Paul Heyman answered the door pretty quickly, saying that the bloodline was not in the building. Sami Zayn wanted to talk to the guys. He's the only one there. Sami was confused. He said he talked to the bloodline earlier. What happened? Heyman said Roman Reigns told him earlier he wouldn't be showing Sami love if he didn't let him beat Kevin Owens on his own for them. Heyman said Reigns is not there out of love. Sami Zayn asked Heyman to do him a favor and call Reigns and tell him that he made the right call because he will solve this KO problem tonight. Sammy then went on to say, it's not a prediction, Paul. It's a spoiler. So Sammy Zayn is all by his lonesome this evening, and he needs to do the deed to redeem himself to the tribal chief. Rey Mysterio, he's out there. He's... uh. I guess he got bored of getting his son arrested on these national holidays where he shows up at the house with mommy. But Rey Mysterio is in the ring. And he is about to cut a promo for Green Bay. They showed a graphic with wrestlers declaring and qualified for the Royal Rumble. This included Baron Corbin, Santos Escobar, Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins, Austin Theory, Ricochet, Kofi Kingston. All these other guys just said that they were going to be in the Royal Rumble. The only schmuck that had to qualify for the Royal Rumble was Ricochet because he beats Top Floppa, Top Jabba, 
top dollar. You know it. You know it. Top dollar. Top dollar, top dollar, top dollar, man. I love it. I, it's it's so great, man. She How to do it. They weren't even on the show tonight, man. I just wanted to get it in there. Anyway, uh, Rey Mysterio said the holidays are supposed to be the best of times. And Dominic ruined it all. He said Dominic has been running around like he's some hardened criminal and thug. So it breaks his heart as a father. He said as a man, he's pretty fucked up with that shit. He was bleeped. He said to prove his point, you know, he wants to get back on track. And he's going to enter the Royal Rumble and win the Royal Rumble. Karrion Cross comes out. He comes out with Scarlet, man. And Karrion Cross. I don't know if he's taking dressing tips or style, style tips from low-key. The professional, low-key. Or maybe Karrion Cross and his days off were watching reruns of Columbo. I don't know. I really don't know, man. Karrion Cross came out there dressed as a fucking detective. What's going on? Came out there looking like some fucking schmuck in right to censor. What's going on? He looked great. Don't get me wrong. But Cross, man, with the uh, the very slick outfit, the white dress shirt, the tie, the leather jacket. And he's out there. And he enters the ring. And he says, well, 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 in the flesh, Mr. Ray Mysterio. He says he was in the back hearing Ray talk about goals. He said he needs he needs goals because how else would he manage to peel your own broke your old broken ass out of bed every day? He said the years haven't been kind to him. He said people remember 17 years ago when Ray won the Royal Rumble. Cross said I was uh, I said 17 years ago so relax. Fans cheered. He says he's sure it was a special moment for your son Dominic. He said Ray must not know either way. Because he was never around for Dominic when he was a kid. Cross said he and Scarlett want to know if at the end of the day, who does he hate more? His son Dominic for not growing up to be just like him or Ray failing to raise his own son to be just like him. Ray had enough. He was very angry. He punched Cross in the face. Cross caught him and squeezed the life out of him. Ray escaped. And sent Cross into into the middle rope. He went for the 619. Scarlet tripped him up on the opposite end while he was running the ropes. Ray turned back around and Cross put him in the straight jacket sleeper hold. I thought Cross was excellent here. I don't know what you guys think of Cross. I quite honestly don't even give a shit. But I thought Cross looked great. I thought Cross came across great. And I'm really intrigued for this match, which is happening in two weeks on SmackDown. This is going to be a good one. I have a feeling this is going to be a good one. Uh, I like that Cross really kind of took it personal with Rey Mysterio, really hitting on the Dominic parts and attacking his fatherhood and him failing to really get into Dominic's head and, you know, get him to a point where it is a great father-son dynamic. He really tug on the father-like heartstrings there of Rey Mysterio. And he brought out some real emotion. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. And I know Cross has not really been getting his fair share of, 
you know, licks on the main roster. He's kind of had a rough time getting over with the audience. Uh, I don't know how you guys look at social media and really gauge everybody on social media. Don't know if you take that shit to be, uh, you know, important or not. But, you know, the social media realm don't really feel carrying cross at all. You know, he is, he is somebody that is going to take a little bit. And I honestly think that everything that has been done to carrying cross with the old administration, you know, it, it's something that has reared its ugly head in the early stages of his WWE return. Because that's all people remember. You know, and with the way that he was absolutely destroyed and embarrassed, you know, it's very difficult for somebody to come back and kind of wipe that shit away. I mean, that was, that was terrible. What he was, what he was put through and what was done to him by Vincent Bruce, it was, it was awful. You know, there, there is not anybody that could say, hey man, I'm going to come back from that and, and feel confident that you are. That's how bad it was. They, they, they destroyed him. And no matter what Triple H does, you know, Triple H did everything that was supposed to be done. There was weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of just fucking him being destroyed out there. Presentation lacking, presentation just awful. It's going to take a lot more than Triple H bringing him back because we know who he is and we know how Triple H treated him on NXT and we know how Triple H would have treated him if he went to the main roster and Triple H was in charge the first time. You can give him Scarlet. You can give him the fucking entrance. You can give him the lighting and the whole fucking environment. It's going to take a lot of work to rebuild him back up. Because all people remember is what they saw last of him on the main roster. And then he got unceremoniously released. They don't really get Karrion Cross. They don't understand Karrion Cross. It's going to take a little bit for them to really get invested again. And he really hasn't set the world on fire with the opponents that he's been in the ring with. The Drew McIntyre feud should have been, you know, the beginning of him getting back to being rebuilt. But somehow, you know, that first match, that uh, strap match that they had at Extreme Rules, that didn't really do anything but harm him. A lot of people thought that match was boring. Then they go into the steel cage match and they have a banger of a steel cage match. And after that, the feud was over. Now he's feuding with Madcap, or was feuding with Madcap, I should say. Now he's moving on to Rey Mysterio. That whole Madcap feud didn't really do much of anything because Madcap isn't somebody that people are going to look at as a legit opponent. Now he's feuding with Rey Mysterio. If you can't get over in a feud with Rey Mysterio, I don't know, man. There may be nothing left for him to do. There may be nothing for Triple H to do at this point with Cross. I hope that Cross brings it. I do. Rey Mysterio is one of the more popular guys on the roster. Fans love him. Kids love him. The heat that should be in that match should come to him like it's fucking a cakewalk. It should be easy for him to get over the way he needs to in a match with Rey Mysterio. That's what people are going to look at the most. And if he doesn't, I don't know, man. The cross experiment may be over. You know, there was a report that Triple H was disappointed with some of the returning talent. I wonder if Cross is one of those returning talent because he hasn't gotten over the way that Triple H has expected him to get over on the main roster, and we have seen it. He needs to do something. He needs to bring everything that he has to that feud and that match with Rey Mysterio. Otherwise, it may be doomsday legitimately for Cross. Moving on. Backstage, Emma. 
She was there with Liv Morgan, asked Liv Morgan about the wisdom of entering the Royal Rumble at number one. I don't know. Is Liv Morgan number one in the Royal Rumble? Why are we announcing number one in the Royal Rumble when the whole fucking allure of the Royal Rumble is to find out who comes out at whatever number? Is Liv Morgan legitimately number one in the Royal Rumble? That would be lame. If so, I hope to God not. Maxine Dupree also questioned her. Now, I don't know why Maxine Dupree is questioning anybody. She's not even a legit performer. She hasn't wrestled one fucking match. What the fuck does she care about Liv Morgan entering anything at number one? Raquel Rodriguez. <laughs> Raquel Rodriguez Gonzalez. Smiling backstage. Walked in, told Liv she has a nice fighting spirit. But the strategy that Liv wants to do in the Royal Rumble is not a great one. She said someone of her size would have a better chance to succeed if she entered last. Raquel thinks she's built for the Royal Rumble. Liv said, I got my palm red. Look. And then she slapped Raquel Rodriguez right in the face. Rodriguez got angry. She didn't do smiling. (laughs) She actually got legit angry. Rodriguez says she's tired of people underestimating her. She said she would see her in the ring. You want to know the one thing that I figured out in this uh, backstage segment here is that Raquel as a babyface sucks and that we need Raquel as a heel. Maybe that's what we get. I don't know where we're going with the Women's Royal Rumble, but I don't know who WWE has pegged to win that Women's Royal Rumble. Liv Morgan ain't winning the Royal Rumble, I'll tell you that right now. That would be, that would be fucking boring. Liv has already had her shot at the Women's Championship, and she did nothing with it. Nothing. She was the woman in that division and did nothing with it. She beat Ronda Rousey and did nothing with that. So now we have Charlotte Flair, the android, as SmackDown Women's Champion. And here we are trying to come up with opponents for Charlotte Flair, Raquel Rodriguez, is certainly one of them. I would not do that match at WrestleMania. I don't really feel that Rodriguez is set to lead a SmackDown women's division. I don't know what we're doing. I know what we're doing on Monday Night Raw. That is Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair at WrestleMania for the Raw Women's Championship. What we do on SmackDown is anybody's guess, man. Anybody's guess. I have no fucking clue. Raquel Rodriguez, Shotzi Blackheart, Lacey Evans, I don't know. Whoever comes off of SmackDown and wrestles Charlotte at WrestleMania is absolutely going to be a fucking dud. A complete dud. I don't know. No clue where we go with Charlotte. And to be honest with you, I don't even fucking care. Now, Ronda Rousey, she's already said she doesn't want to do anything with the SmackDown Women's Championship. So we may end up getting, and she said Ronda would like to chase the tag team championships. That should have been done from the word go. Ronda and Shayna chasing the tag team championships. Could be something. I don't know. I have no clue. So we'll see what happens. You know, I brought this up on Monday. What if we get Bailey getting kicked out of damage control? You know, I honestly think Bailey is being miscast right now. Bailey. Honestly, is not doing anything. 
to bring awareness and some sense of excitement to damage control. I would get rid of Bailey from damage control and turn her baby face, have her go and team with Becky and challenge EO Sky and Dakota Kai for the tag team championships. You know, we could see something like that. I don't know. I have no clue. I have no clue what they're doing. Becky is out of a match. We got Charlotte without a match. Right now, the women going into WrestleMania is a little hazy. The only one that really is, I would say, the clear path is Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair for the Royal Women's Championship. Now, I said this. I said this, and I hope this is the case because out of everything that I just discussed, I said that this is the best case scenario and it would give WWE a great, you know, one-two punch for the ladies on Raw and SmackDown going into WrestleMania. You know, there were reports from Brian Alvarez that Naomi is definitely returning to the WWE. I would have Naomi show up in the Royal Rumble, win the Royal Rumble, and challenge Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania and her win the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania. Naomi and Charlotte have had banger matches before, and I'd love to see that on a bigger stage, and I'd like to see Naomi and Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. That would be a great compliment to Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair. Because everybody else that I just mentioned, that ain't no WrestleMania match at all. At all. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. Tegan Knox and Zia Lee. Two minutes. Makes you think if Vince is still running the show, man. Who used to two-minute you with women's matches? Vince McMahon used to two-minute you to death. And now we're getting Zia Lee and Tegan Knox. Knox wins in two minutes with the shiniest wizard. Who cares? Zia Lee back to doing uh, the karate gimmick. Who gives a shit? The women's division on SmackDown is fucking awful. We got a vignette from the Viking Raiders. And they are stirring a bowl of teeth. Yes, there was a bowl filled with teeth. I don't know whose teeth. Kevin Dunn somewhere fucking snickering in the background. Very jealous because he had a bowl of teeth in front of him and he realized he only has two in his mouth. Vignette aired with this uh, Viking Raiders in the forest gimmick. Their dark magic gimmick. Their Viking blood gimmick. They were stirring a bowl of teeth as they talked about the suffering awaiting Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. The banger bros. Now, I don't urge you to guy, I don't urge you guys to go Google banger bros because if you do, you're not going to get anything WWE, Drew McIntyre, or Sheamus related. You're going to get something that you don't want your kids to see at all. Now, apparently, WWE is still going with this Banger Bros name for Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. WWE is very well aware that Banger Bros sounds like the adult film company, the porno company. Last week, it was announced that Sheamus and McIntyre would be called the Banger Bros There was a ton of reaction to this on social media because there's a very popular adult website with the similar name to the Banger Bros. The WWE didn't realize, or maybe they did, that the Bang Bros is a popular porno website. Now, Seamus and Drew McIntyre seem to be aware of this because they've joked about the name on social media. The name has helped spawn some clever tweets, and the duo seem to be having some fun with it. Dave Meltzer reported today that there is an awareness about the name and what it means to some. And while there is no word from WWE on if they plan on changing it, 
Meltzer says that they are aware. He says, and I quote, there have been some, uh, there's been some notice that the name Banger Bros for the tag team of Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, evidently there is a porn company called Bang Bros. If the name changes, that would be the reason. Although we haven't had uh, anything told to us about the name changing, just that there is an awareness of Bang Bros being the adult film company. On Twitter, Seamus ran a poll asking fans what mode of transportation they would like to see the Banger Bros use. Banger Bus won the poll with 63.6% of the votes, and Banger Truck came in second place. Drew McIntyre suggested that they use a taxi or an Uber for their uh, wheels of transportation. You know what I find funny? You know what I find funny? They... And I don't know if I'm going to get some heat for this, but I don't know why I would. You know, I find it funny how they didn't want to induct China into the WWE Hall of Fame because of the porn career that China used to do, right? I think that was the reason why China didn't get inducted into the Hall of Fame as a solo act when we all know that she should absolutely be inducted into the Hall of Fame as she is one of the... I would say larger-than-life athletes, the ninth wonder of the world, one of the biggest female professional wrestlers that this company has seen, one of the most influential, probably the most influential women's wrestler in WWE history, arguably, is China, right? They didn't want to induct China into the Hall of Fame with the porn career that she did because if people look up China, then that's all they'll see and her drug abuse issues and all this other shit. But they have no problem sending Drew McIntyre and Sheamus out there with the name Banger Bros, knowing that if you Google Banger Bros, the first four fucking things that show up in the Google search are adult websites. I don't get it. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Is the name funny? Sure. But it's kind of hypocritical of WWE to not be bothered by this and let them have fun with this. Meanwhile, China is still not inducted into the Hall of Fame as a solo act. I don't know. Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt and everything that's going on with him and LA Knight, it really has hit a drag. It really has hit a hard stop And I'm not really feeling the last few weeks of Bray Wyatt. The stop and start of Uncle Howdy, the teases of Uncle Howdy, the clickbait, or I should say the uh, cockball and tease fucking shit of Uncle Howdy, right? The cock tease of Uncle Howdy showing up, comes out there with uh, Alexa Bliss on Monday, and then there's a stare down between both of them, and then they go to commercial break never to see them again. I don't know. Where did Uncle Howdy go on Monday? Why are they teasing you, uh, Uncle Howdy, and then nothing happens with Uncle Howdy? We don't, we don't understand this. Who is Uncle Howdy? Why is he there? What role is he playing in this thing? Is Bray Wyatt really Uncle Howdy? I don't know. Cliffhanger. There you go. Cliffhanger. Cliffhang these nuts for all the fucking geeks out there, right? So, Bray Wyatt, his, his entrance is longer than The Undertaker's entrance. And not nearly half as good. Do we really need Bray to have that long, elaborate entrance with the land? I mean, there's nothing to it. He's just walking in the darkness 
with a fucking lantern and he gets into the ring and poof, the lantern goes out. I think people are getting a little bored by this shit to be brutally honest with you. So he's in the middle of the ring. There's a spotlight in the middle of the ring and he's sitting in a rocking chair. The rocking chair reminiscent of the old Bray Wyatt, the eater of worlds, Bray Wyatt. He sits in the chair. Green Bay, we're here, man. We're here, man. He giggled and said, it's sure wild, man, how sometimes we forget who we are and what made us in the first place, man. He then said, you realize all you have to do is Revel in what you are, man. It all comes back to you, man. He said he is the color red in a world full of black and white. And he is the eater of worlds. He says he is Uncle Howdy. I am him, he said. He says he is the nagging conscience of a world that has thrown itself away to moral monsters. He says he has to remember who he is. At the Rumble... It will be his true rebirth. He said L.A. Knight should know that when the lights go out, he should run. Segment suddenly ended. And that was it. L.A. Knight and Bray Wyatt, man, in a lights out match or pitch black match, whatever the fuck it's going to be. The Mountain Dew pitch black match. You couldn't pay me all the money in the world to drink that fucking hideous soda. The fucking cancerous toxins that are in that fucking shit. Pitch black. I get that we got two more weeks to the Royal Rumble. I I can't wait for the Royal Rumble. I can't. One of the reasons why I can't wait for the Royal Rumble is we need fucking answers to this Bray Wyatt story. He he is now Uncle Howdy. We, We just got, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Is he physically Uncle Howdy? That can't be because we've seen Uncle Howdy now three different fucking times and Uncle Howdy and Bray Wyatt are two different people. Or is he now channeling what Uncle Howdy is and he's going to reveal his true form? I don't know. I do like the callback and the throwback to the rocking chair. That's my favorite version of Bray Wyatt. But I don't know where we're going with this. I am... Getting to a point where I'm bored. They dragged this shit on for way too long with no answers. These little fucking, these little breadcrumbs leaving your trail every week is not working for me, man. They should have given us a little stop in the, in the middle of the road. Hey, this is a big reveal. Hey, this is another opening in the storyline. We've got nothing but the same winding promo with the same fucking tone. And LA Knight, honestly, in my honest opinion, is coming off as a bigger star than Bray Wyatt in this feud. Fact. I hope to God that Bray Wyatt brings something special that we remember and we got talking about or are going to be talking about at the Royal Rumble, because if he doesn't, L.A. Knight is going to, by far, walk away as the superstar in this group, in this little pairing here. Not really digging it. I'm not. What is his rebirth? I don't know. Let me talk to you. L.A. Knight's great. No sign of L.A. Knight tonight. Caleb Braxton 
She interviewed Kevin Owens backstage about facing Sami Zayn later. Sami interrupted Kayla's question. He asked if KO is happy about what's happening. He says he should have just stayed on Monday Night Raw. KO said, I did stay on Monday Night Raw. It's the bloodline, your family, who showed up and ran their mouth each week on my show. He even said, I didn't ask for this match or the tag team match with John Cena. He said, Reigns is the one putting him in these situations. He says he's using him so he doesn't have to come to work. Sammy then emphatically told KO that he doesn't understand that the bloodline are his family and he should see evidence of it every week. Sammy turned and left. Sammy Zayn does not want to fight Kevin Owens. That's the vibe that I got here. Stay on your show. This is all your fault. He does not want to fight Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is being legit and real with him. Bro, I stayed on my show. It was the bloodline that forced me to fight back. Coming over to my show, they infiltrated my house. I don't want to fight. I don't, but you're forcing me to fight. And Roman Reigns, he's a coward. He's putting you in these situations, not me. I didn't ask for this match. I didn't want this match. I didn't ask for the John Cena match. Roman asked for it. This is getting good. Getting very good. The hesitation on Sammy and the hesitation of him not wanting to fight Kevin Owens, but he knows that he has to because Roman is forcing him to, very, very prevalent in this segment, and even more so at the end of the show. Awesome stuff between these two. I can't wait to see what's going on. And the funny thing, you know, the funny thing is Adam Pierce earlier in the show, I forgot to mention this. Adam Pierce had a backstage segment with Drew McIntyre and Sheamus and said that Drew McIntyre and Sheamus next week are going to battle the Viking Raiders in what is the first round of a tag team tournament on SmackDown to find out who the next challengers are for the Usos and the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Now, this is interesting because we have the same thing happening on Monday Night Raw. The Usos are defending the Raw Tag Team Championships, I believe, on Monday against the Judgment Day. Finn Balor, or not Finn Balor, it was Dominic who won the match. Dominic and Damian Priest. Now, I don't know why they're defending the Raw Tag Team titles when they've been the undisputed Tag Team titles for so long. So we got a gauntlet match to find out who the Usos are wrestling on Raw for the Raw Tag Team titles. And now we're finding out who will wrestle the Usos on SmackDown in a tournament for the Tag Team Championships. I'm not a fan of splitting the titles. You come all this way to split the titles now? And I know a lot of people are going to argue with that, but you're not seeing my point. You're not grasping at what I'm trying to teach you. You only see one very linear thing. Hey, I don't want the Usos as the tag team champions anymore. They're boring, or the bloodline shit has to come to an end. They need to split the titles because we need two sets of titles. We don't need two sets of tag team titles. We don't. We never needed two sets of tag team championships. Why are you out there? Why are people out there telling me and going on with the narrative that we need two sets of tag team championships? The tag team division is not at a point on either show to have two sets of tag team titles. Why? Is what I want to know. Who are the tag teams on Monday Night Raw that we say, yeah, let's split the championships up. There are maybe four or five tag teams legit on Monday Night Raw. 
I don't know how they're going to find eight fucking tag teams. I don't even, we didn't even see the brackets tonight. Who the fuck knows if there's even eight teams in this tournament? This may be a set of four teams because that's all they have. Who is going to be in this? You think they have eight fucking tag teams on SmackDown to hold an entire tournament? No. Not at all. I'd be shocked if they do. And if there are eight teams, then they're going to be fucking teams stitched together with fucking knits, knitting, and scotch tape and Elmer's glue. They're not going to be real tag teams. The WWE does not have a division on either show to warrant splitting the championships. More importantly, we are this close to WrestleMania. We all know, do not act stupid with me, we all know that Sammy is going to get booted out of the bloodline. We all know that Kevin Owens is going to be there with Sami Zayn. We all know that that is the match at WrestleMania for the Tag Team Championships. Now, we may end up getting the Usos beating the Judgment Day and whoever comes off SmackDown in this tournament. And it may end up being Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at WrestleMania who do the deed. But people are saying, yeah, we need to split the titles. It doesn't work with the current setup. If WWE merged the titles and had one set of tag team titles and had them float between Raw and SmackDown and merge the tag team divisions, then we would have a great tag team division that was enough for one set of titles and actually can call it a tag team division. Right now, we can't call it a division. Five teams is not a fucking division, okay? It's ridiculous. And again, the most important aspect that you seem to be missing out on is the Usos before WrestleMania, this close, before that potential match with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, can not lose. I got people telling me that they would prefer the Usos to drop one title and then go wrestle Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for the other set of titles at WrestleMania. That would defeat the fucking point. Then that means the Usos would have their 580-day streak of holding the titles Broken for what? Not to give it to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? God, people are fucking stupid. People are fucking stupid, man. They don't think. This is why I have a show and I got 2,500 on a Friday night watching me and you don't own shit. Ridiculous. We got Kayla interviewing Imperium backstage. She asked if the victory gave Gunther the momentum he needed. Gunther said, it's a glorious day because he overcame his biggest challenger so far. He says, it's time to capitalize on that at the Royal Rumble and throw body after body after body out of the ring so we can go on to main events, WrestleMania. Now, if Gunther won the Royal Rumble, you're not going to hear a peep out of me, but uh, I, I do not think Gunther is going to win the Royal Rumble. At least Gunther, you know, he's a legit guy that could give you the, uh, you know, Gunther could be in the final four for all we fucking know. At least Gunther isn't going to get pinned anytime soon. An elimination over the top rope is uh, a lot better than having Gunther pinned for the Intercontinental Championship. Liv Morgan versus <laughs> Raquel Rodriguez Gonzalez. Goes into this match with Liv Morgan. Three minutes. We got Tegan Knox and Zia Lee. Two minutes. We got Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. Three minutes. Who's booking this show? 
Sounds like a Vince McMahon fucking show to me, if you ask me. Liv knocked Rodriguez down, set up a table on the outside, and this was uh, a regular match. This was not a uh, no-DQ match or a no-holds-barred match, so I don't know what the fuck she was trying to, uh, trying to do here. But Liv put Rodriguez on the table, climbed up to the top turnbuckle. She was about to jump off the top rope through Rodriguez. Rodriguez rolled back into the ring. Liv dove at her in the ring. Rodriguez swatted her away out of midair and then hit the Tejana bomb for the one, two, three. That was it. Very, very lame. Nobody cares. So we move on to Sonya Deville. We saw a clip of Charlotte beating Sonya last week. DeVille is in Adam Pierce's office complaining to Adam Pierce. She ranted at Adam Pierce backstage and wanted a rematch with Charlotte. Pierce said, Well, you lost, so you don't get a rematch because that's not how things are working around here. Well, DeVille then went on and pretty much shoot from uh, or shot from the hip. She said, There's a double standard for Charlotte and others. So I see what, uh, you know, some rules are for somebody, and then Charlotte has her own set of rules. Uh, she said that she would figure out a way to get the rematch. So Adam Pierce did make a logical point here. You know, I don't agree with it. I think it's awful. Charlotte shot her shot, right, and challenged Ronda Rousey. She accomplished that. She took a risk, won the championship. Sonya Deville did the same exact thing. Charlotte gave her a match just like Ronda gave Charlotte the match. Ronda lost. Charlotte won, won the title. Uh, Sonya did the same thing Charlotte did, but Sonya lost. Adam Pierce tried to explain that to her. So now you lost. Now you have to get to the back of the line. We all know Charlotte shouldn't really be champion, but that's what happened, and that's what he tried to explain to her, and she didn't want to hear it. She said she was going to take things into her own hands. So they cut backstage. Charlotte and DeVille are brawling. Referee pulled Charlotte off of DeVille. She was wearing this ridiculously ugly uh, pink uh, jumpsuit with Charlotte. Uh, she got in some kicks. Charlotte insisted she didn't start the fight. DeVille swung a chair at her. Uh, a bunch of people arrived to separate them. Charlotte tossed DeVille over a production crate. She put her hands up as if she won a match or something, and DeVille leapt off the crate and hit her with a flying forearm. The brawl continued for uh, another couple of seconds until they were separated once again. I'm not interested in another match between these two. Uh, you could not pay me to fucking care a single fuck about this match. The women's division on SmackDown is awful. Every bit of it is awful. We got Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in the main events of SmackDown. This was awesome. I was looking forward to this match greatly. This, I said, was the most important match, the biggest match of Sami Zayn's WWE career. And every time they're in the ring, it's just a great match. These guys are fucking awesome. So they traded stiff shots right at the jump. Owens, uh, Zayn dominated Owens, hitting an early dive at ringside. Owens recovered, threw Sammy into the uh, Sammy into the barricade. Stiff shots back and forth. Zayn took over with a brain buster on the apron. Zayn stomped down on Owens in the corner. Zayn was in control. He went for a superplex. Owens fought back, knocked Zayn down, hitting a frog splash for a close near fall. Zayn avoided a pop-up powerbomb, hit a blue thunderbomb for another close near fall. Zayn and Owens, they were uh, going at it, blow for blow, punches to the face. Zayn hit a half-Nelson half suplex. Owens popped up to his feet, destroyed Zayn with a clothesline. 
Owens went for a swanton bomb off the top. Zayn got the knees up. Zayn and Owens, they were on the top rope fighting for position. Zayn went for another superplex instead. Owens countered with a fisherman buster off the top rope. Owens and Zayn traded shots again. They repeated the spot from earlier with a little bit of a different take on it. Zayn hit a half Nelson suplex, but Owens popped up again. Zayn avoided the clothesline. This time hit a second half Nelson suplex. Zayn set up for the Huluva kick, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we got the Usos and Solo Sokoa jumping into the ring, causing a disqualification, and Kevin Owens wins the match by DQ. Sami Zayn did not know. The Usos and Solo were there. He was told the bloodline was not there, that they would not be out there with him, and he lost the match. He was shocked. He was about to beat Kevin Owens with the Huluva kick, and they fucked it up for him. So... He was surprised, and he did not seem happy. The Usos and Sokoa beat down Owens, hit the 1D on Owens in the ring to the Usos, and Zayn was still unhappy that they interfered, and he had a job to do. He said, I had a job to do from the Tribal Chief, and I did not get the job done. Usos were telling him not to worry about it. This seemed like they were making it seem like it was a calculated plan, that they're helping him out. Yeah, we're taking this guy out for the Tribal Chief. You did your job. You did what you were supposed to do. Now we're going to do and finish it. So Kevin Owens is getting his ass beat here. Sokoa gave Owens a super kick, placed him on the announce table, and then gave him a running splash, running across the barricade and jumping through the table and a huge splash through Owens and the table. Zayn posed with the Usos and Sokoa at the end, and he looked unhappy. He looked very hesitant. He looked concerned. He looked uneasy. And he looked down at Owens as if he actually cared about KO in that moment. Now, is Roman watching this? Is Roman watching Sami Zayn and his body language and his facial expressions? Is Roman going to be upset with the loss? Because Sami Zayn lost. Sami Zayn lost. Is he going to be upset at the fact that he did not beat Kevin Owens? Is he going to be upset that you know, he looked hesitant in the beatdown that he didn't that he didn't do anything. Sami Zayn did do he did nothing in the beatdown. This was all the Usos and all of Solo. He did not raise a single hand to KO after the fact. He may have wrestled him for about 18 minutes, but he did not raise a single hand when it mattered most. When the family came together to beat him down together, Sami was the only one who did not offer any help. It's going to be interesting to see what Roman Reigns picks up on here. But I love the fact that they kind of, you know, flipped the script on you. We all thought that Sami Zayn was going to lose to Kevin Owens. We all thought that Sami Zayn was going to go into next week's show with a huge fucking L and more worry on his mind. And here we are, Sami Zayn lost, but the Usos caused it, so he's not directly to blame. But we know in some way, shape, or form that he's going to be blamed anyway. Where is he going to be blamed? How is he going to be blamed? For what is he going to be blamed? I don't know. But I loved his facial expressions, man. Sami Zayn is so fucking good at what he does, man. I can't wait to see how this all unravels. I wonder what the storyline is going to be, because you know they're going to be in the Royal Rumble. What is going to be in the Royal Rumble? I thought tonight with what they did here was brilliant. Brilliant stuff here. And I thought this was a decent SmackDown. Not really the best of the SmackDowns we've seen but I thought this was a good enough show with a uh, major storyline twist at the end and a very solid IC title match in the open. Other than that, everything in between, not really all that good. Too many women's segments on this show, and that is the weakest part of the show. 
It is one of their weakest divisions in a very long time. So giving us more of that when nobody cares about that stuff and less of everything else, not really a good look for SmackDown tonight. Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens next week make their Royal Rumble title match official with a contract signing. SmackDown's tag team title tournament begins as Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, the banger bros, will go on against the Viking Raiders in the first round. And in two weeks, Rey Mysterio goes one-on-one with Karrion Cross the night before the Royal Rumble. So that is SmackDown. And we got Royal Rumble coming up in two weeks, folks. Should be really, really decent stuff there. Very much looking forward to the Royal Rumble coming up. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you hanging out with me tonight. We had uh, 2,600 in here. 2,600 in the venue for uh, what I thought was a decent SmackDown. We got five new members tonight. Thank you guys very much. I got to ask, what the fuck are you guys drinking? Super Chats are open. Get them on in. And we are a little bit away from 1,000 likes in the OTS venue tonight on the post show. 860 likes. We need 140 more likes for 1,000. I know there are 140 of you in this chat right now that have not hit the thumbs up. Please go and do that for me. It would really, really help me out tremendously. Happy New Year, ladies and gentlemen, from everybody over at Manscaped. The ball is officially dropped, but that doesn't mean you have to have your balls drop in 2023. Whether or not you had a New Year's kiss or not, Manscaped is going to need you to make that resolution to them to bring that hygiene back, bring that sexy back, for everybody, man, join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. Manscaped.com, 20% off using code SCRIPT20 at checkout. Toast to a new year, a new you, a new you with no pubes. Don't drop the ball this year, or don't drop your balls this year. The Performance Package 4.0, Lawnmower 4.0. We all know what the Lawnmower 4.0 does, man. Advanced skin safe technology, waterproof, LED light. It's their number one signature design. Also, no grooming routine is, you know, going to be right if you don't have the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. They're ball toner. Awesome, awesome stuff. Also, they give you the Shed Travel Bag plus a free gift, man. The anti-chafing boxer briefs. Both are free gifts. And I love the Shed Travel Bag, man. It's so good. So good. If you really want to make 2023 the year to remember, make sure to try out Manscaped's uh, premium body wash. They got body wash, man. Two-in-one shampoo, body deodorant. They even have a nail kit for the guys. Awesome stuff. Cheers to the new balls in 2023. 20% off manscaped.com. Code Script 20. Time to feel sexy and feel free this 2023 with Manscaped. Awesome. Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. Let's start at the top here. We got Matt, the PW fan, with a $20 Super Chat. My friend in the chat is a big fan of Impact, and Rhino is his favorite. 
It'll make his day if you review Impact's Hard to Kill. Honestly, JD, who watches Impact? Well, your friend apparently does. And no, I will not be watching or reviewing Impact. How many fans did they have in attendance tonight? Mickey James winning that championship from Jordan Grace probably drove the fucking three fans out of the building. Thank you, uh, Matt, for the $20 super chat. Um, Joseph Taylor with a $6 super chat. JD, favorite Bret Hart match? Favorite Kurt Henning match? My favorite Bret Hart match? It's probably the WrestleMania 13 match with Stone Cold Steve Austin. My favorite Kurt Henning match is Bret the Hitman Hart at the 1993 King of the Ring. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. Nice slow build to Sammy reuniting with KO. Yes. That is what that is what you are watching take place on TV. WTF boy with a 999. VKM is a gremlin and is poison. Cody or bust for Royal Rumble. Rhea and Naomi need to challenge and win the titles at Mania. Take shots for Fox covering JD's tweet. OTS for life. Love from Austin, Texas. And Pop Austin Media. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. I love the city of Austin, man. Austin is fucking awesome. My type of town is Austin, Texas. Joseph Taylor with a $3 super chat. Darby versus Kushida next week. Take my money. Oh, we're getting open challenges now for the TNT title, huh? What is that? Is that happening on Dynamite? I hope the, I hope the fuck that's happening on Dynamite. Not today, Jay, with a $4.99, I believe. If they do get Rock for WrestleMania, have KO and Roman in the main event because nobody in both Rumbles will get a bigger pop than The Rock. I don't know, man. I think you may see Rock in the Rumble. I think you may see Austin in the Rumble. Stone Cold in the Rumble. I don't know. We'll see. Tony Brown with a 199. What is up, my friend? Tony Brown. What is going on, brother? Ace Samurai with a new membership. Thank you, Ace. The fuck are you drinking, Ace? I'm the Ace, but I'll let you be Ace as well. Future Endeavor with 10 months. Is WWE creative suffering by not having a December pay-per-view? Seems like a lot of storytelling has stalled. Promo segments coming back. One-hour tag team gauntlet matches. Now, that just means Vince McMahon may or may not be in charge. Nick Williams with a $5 super chat. At work tonight, but still showing love to OTS. The Eater of Worlds is back. Thank you, Nick Williams. I appreciate you, brother. Steven Brewer and Jonah Imperato with new memberships. Gentlemen, what the fuck are you drinking tonight? Flash AJ 401 with a 199. Impersonation of Kevin Dunn at the talent meeting. Laughing emoji. Oh, Vince hasn't really said anything to me, man. He uh, hasn't said a peep to me. <laughs> Jaquise Hanks with a 499. What up, JD? Who's the real heart and soul of black and gold? Sami Zayn or Johnny Gargano? Johnny Gargano. Tenario, one, two, eight with a $5 super chat. What's up, JD? Who do you think is The Undertaker's greatest rival? Mankind. Mick Foley. 
With events in Saudi rumors and the end of college football, could you see Pat McAfee not coming back anytime soon? He sorely missed. Much respect to everything you do, J.D. says. Garner Hara with a 999. Uh, I don't know. I think Pat McAfee got... Uh, I think he got in a little trouble with some of the things that he said on his uh, on his podcast, man. I, I don't know. Do I miss Pat McAfee? I think Pat McAfee's great. But please don't take away from the great job that Wade Barrett's doing. Tenario with a $5 Super Chat. Now that Mercedes left, it's almost like she knew Vince was never really gone. Well, Mercedes is going to show up in AEW. Just give it some time. Emerald Lord with nine months. OTS for life. Keep up the awesome work, bro. Thank you, Emerald. For nine months, man. Swevin with a new membership. Thank you, brother. Miles Marable with a 1999 Super Chat. If Cody and Seth go the distance in the Rumble, I would love to see the finish be similar to the 2007 Rumble with Taker and Shawn Michaels and give them five to six more minutes one-on-one to put the final nail in their feud. I would. That's the way to go. I've been saying this for weeks. For weeks, I've been saying this. Cody and Seth go number one and number two and show up at the end, and they are the last two. Gaming in real time with a new membership. Thank you, man. What are you drinking tonight in the venue? Glorious 123 with a 499 Super Chat. So Triple H would have... Two talent meetings just to lie to his employees. That's crazy to do, but I wouldn't be surprised. Wrestling is a different world. Flash AJ with a 199. The best thing Vince did was fire Hit Row. Yeah, Hit Row is garbage. They add nothing of value to the show. Ryan Woodridge. With a $2 Super Chat. Should WWE sell the company to NBA or NFL? No. Whoever buys the company, all I care is that they don't put Vince in charge of anything. Don Fanucci with a $10 Super Chat. Cheers to you and the entire OTS family, JD. Appreciate you very much for all that you do to keep us entertained and to keep our passion for wrestling alive. Drinking on, uh, drinking on some Imperial Milk Stouts. With the OTS for life hashtag, man. Thank you, Don Fanucci. Thank you, Don Fanucci. Francisco with a $5 super jab. Banger Bros is the closest we will get to an AEW and WWE merge. Xavier Woods and Paige. Edmund Van Buren with a 499. Thank you for turning me on to Andy James. He's an amazing guitar player, bro. Enjoy. And what's the greatest matches that you've ever called? The best match that I called, bro, honestly, there's two of them. LAX, Santana and Ortiz versus Pentagon and Sammy Callahan for the House of Glory Tag Team titles and a no-ropes match between Amazing Red and Anthony Gango. Going Ghost. With a $5 Super Chat. JD, would you like, would like your opinion? Go back and watch the break promo. When he says, I am, he he names six different things. Hint to why it's six. Great podcast. Bro, I don't give a fuck if he's hinting at fucking 12 different things. It's boring. 
It's nothing but words. I need action, not words. Sean Lee with a $5 super chat. Great show again, JD. Had to have a double Jack Daniels while listening. Really appreciate the work, bro. Double Jack, man. On the rocks or mixed with something? I need to know. And Justin with a 199. Yes, Darby versus Kushida is on Dynamite, JD. Awesome. Telling you, man, Dynamite is putting on some banger shows. They're putting on some banger, banger shows, man. I love to see it. And I love to see you guys in the OTS venue, man. I appreciate you all very much. Not today, Jay, with a $4.99. JD, if whatever entity buys WWE, if they don't put Vince in control, do you see Stephanie returning to the company? Yes. Yes, I want whoever buys the company to get Vince out and put Triple H in charge of everything and Stephanie McMahon in charge of everything. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. It's the way it's got to be. The way it's got to be, man. I'm getting out of here, guys. I appreciate you all on this Friday night. Uh, Anything else, uh, I may have an extra tomorrow. It depends on what's going on. If not, you'll see me again live on Sunday. Episode 459. Sean Lee, that's what I'm talking about, bro. No mix, just straight. I got some Jack, Gentleman's Jack downstairs in the bar, man. I may uh, I may make myself something. Uh, Prodigy Freebird. Prodigy Freebird with a 17 months. What the fuck are you drinking to celebrate 17 months, brother? JD, who ends up with WWE? I don't know, man. I feel like... I feel like... Either Comcast or NBCU is going to end up with WWE. But if the Saudis, you know, if they offer, say WWE is worth, what? At the end of all this, $7 billion. Saudis offer, uh, or Comcast offers $7.5. Disney offers $8 billion. And the Saudis come in with $12 billion. Vince has got to sell to the Saudis, No. He's got the best interests of the shareholders at heart, right? Anyway, man, it's going to be a very interesting situation to see uh, unfold. By the summer, we should have WWE sold, I guess. Uh, This is it. Anyway, hit that thumbs up, guys. 50 more likes for 1,000. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. And make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel. All on the homepage. I need those emojis in the chat. Ace emojis, rock on emojis, Mustang emojis, and I need that music on max. Guys, I'll see you back live on Sunday night for episode 459 of Off the Scripts. I'll see you guys later.